episode of Papa Bear Hikes. Today, we're happy to bring back to the Papa Bear podcast, Dan of Bigfoot Backpacker. Last time Dan was on, we shared stories about backpacking experiences and some of our various excursions into the outdoors. But today, Dan, we're going to talk about Bigfoot himself. Dan, welcome back to Papa Bear Hikes. Oh, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. I certainly appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, it's always a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, we, we've talked about our backpacking, and et cetera, as I said in the introduction, but I'd like to know a little bit more about Bigfoot because it seems to me that there is a big following out there. I mean, there are websites dedicated to it, discussion groups. Um, and, and from what I understand, you're a Bigfoot follower. I, I am. And, uh, you know, I get asked every now and again, you know, how, what got you into all this? And it's hard for me to know exactly when I remember, you know, being in elementary school in the seventies and seeing, you know, books with that are strange and, and, uh, you know, different articles that we'd have to do research on. And I always kind of pick something that related to the outdoors, of course. And, and I came across, of course, like so many people, the, Patterson Gimlin photograph, famous photograph of Patty stretching her arms out and giving the look back toward Roger Patterson when he's when he's filming this, and uh, it just baffled my mind because I thought, you know, I've been out in the woods a whole lot, even at my young little age here, and are these things out there? And so it it it, it got me captivated, but not to the point where I was completely saturated with it. But I certainly kept my ears and eyes open when things would come up and and listen. And of course, in search of like so many people, Leonard Nimoy got people started. So it's always been a whole bunch of fun for me, but not necessarily something I pursued, pursued and, uh, you know, just continued with my life. And of course, like we've talked about so many times, different trips in the backcountry and whatnot. And uh, I guess it was, gosh, I was trying to think exactly when it was that I had what I call my encounter. Now, it wasn't any kind of a sighting, but I certainly had something happen as far as sounds and activity. And it, it boggled my mind. And at the time, I honestly did not think, oh, though, well, this must be a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot out here dealing with me. I just figured it was a moose. But I've had that same scenario with moose before at least a half a dozen times, but I've always, always found the moose. Or it found me, and we kind of light laid eye contact and decided, all right, this is the situation for the night or the next couple nights, whatever that may be. But this particular time, things sounded different and felt different, and you know, I did not see it with verification that it was a moose this particular time. So years later, I got to thinking, you know, after so many of the new shows were coming out and kind of were hearing some things, I got to thinking. You know, what in the world could that have been? Could that have been a Bigfoot possibility? And I tell you what, if I could go back in time and relive that moment, I would I would dig deep. I would start looking for, yeah, for prints, trying to, because I almost promised myself if I would have dug a little bit and started pursuing this thing a little bit, I think I would have seen something. And uh, so ever since then, it really, really got me captivated. So I that's what I became saturated with, the Bigfoot lore and became just reading everything as much as I could, seeing as much as I could, absorbing, trying to relate to other people's experiences that they're talking about to what I've what I had. And, you know, I found similarities and along the way. I've also 
kind of found a whole bunch of bunch of baloney out there too because I'm, I'm a pretty logical person if something doesn't fit right or feel right i usually kind of trust my instincts so and unfortunately they're it's just a the way it is i mean there's always going to be hoaxers and people looking for attention and it kind of gets in the way of everything you know to the point where nobody's believable and do i think every sighting and reporting is 100 percent true no not not at all i think nobody should be you know it's always been my I guess, stance, if you will, that there is no such thing as a Bigfoot expert. There just can't be because there is no confirmed body or, you know, being that we're studying as far as a science, science, scientific point of view. So there, there can't be a Bigfoot expert. Now, there can be a lot of people that do have a genuine sighting. Gosh, I've talked to people on my podcast that have, and I believe them 100%. And, uh, but I've also heard a whole bunch of baloney out there that I don't believe one, one bit at all. I mean, it's well noted that there's, there's hoaxes. I mean, shoot, Montana was just, you know, a few years ago, somebody was in a gorilla suit trying to run across the road and he got whacked by the car and it killed him. And he was trying to be a hoaxer. And that's, you know, usually what happens, they're going to get called out. They're going to get in trouble. They're going to get killed or badly hurt. So it's dangerous. You know, there's people with rifles out there that can shoot well. And so well, you'd never catch me in a suit running around trying to pull something like that off. I promise you that. But uh, so, yeah, it's always been something that's interested me. But I stay pretty logical about things. And I trust my instincts so well just over over my lifetime and age, I guess, if you will. And uh, so I don't go down that path like some people do up and over the cliff. I'm glad there's a lot of people that do because we we need all types. And unfortunately, the hoaxing is what really bothers me more than anything. But I do believe that there is something out there. I just want to see it. And so I'm always kind of looking and hoping and praying that that day comes along. And and I'll tell you what, it'll it'll change the world dramatically if it's absolutely proven. I mean, it's it's crazy how much that would change the world. I mean, right down to gas prices. It's crazy, in my opinion. So I believe but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not so saturated in it where I can't sleep at night. <laughs> so that's my story. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's, um, you know, there's so many animal species that are elusive that people could spend lifetimes hiking in the woods or hunting and and never see. So you have to think, well, you know, could this be a species that's just that rare and elusive that it's there? We just haven't been able to get close enough or have enough confirmation that it exists. Um, that's kind of what I've always seen it as. Unlike a lot of other regional folklore, I'm from New Jersey. We have the New Jersey devil. And so there's people that go out looking for the New Jersey devil or the Jersey devil or, or evidence of the Jersey devil. And just like with Bigfoot, there's a lot of hoax out there. And, and I, you know, and I see that I'm kind of like, come on, you know, there's people out there that are serious about this. And, uh, yeah, and, the, and, and I, let me just say for people who are listening that we're talking about this because this is a way that people go out and enjoy the outdoors. Uh, you don't sit on your couch and try to find evidence of, even if it's a regional lure like the Jersey Devil, but in this case, Bigfoot. Uh, you know, people are out there trying to find this. It's getting them into the outdoors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but And in a constructive way, because like you said, if 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 somebody's able to find that evidence that, you know, okay, here's the undeniable truth. What a game changer, because, you know, we growing up in the seventies, 
it was covered quite a bit, right? There were TV shows dedicated to it, books. It, it was, it, it it became, you know, part of our lives. If you were, you know, into adventure type thing, if you were a kid, especially if you were a kid. We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, Every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using the permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they'll likely to have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible high-quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, that's what got me into it. And especially with young kids, you know, when, when we've talked so much about hiking, how do you get started? You know, sometimes kid can kids can have the, oh, this is boring. I'm just walking along. It's boring. And, uh, you know, as you get older, you start appreciating every little step. But what's fun, and I've done this before with kids, is – say, well, let's go find Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. And now next thing you know, yeah, you're hiking down the down a trail and their ears are open. They're looking, you know, because maybe you've showed them some things on TV or they've seen some things or read some things. And wow, how neat would it be? You know, and there can be a scare factor there. Well, yeah, anything can be scary like we've talked about so many times too. But it's a neat, it's a fun way to to have a goal, I guess, if you will, when you're when you're out just on a long hike. We're looking for Bigfoot out here. And so it can be kind of a motivator too, even just for young kids and, and, you know, and they'll start noticing things. Next thing you know, they're actually seeing birds, frogs, lizards, whatever it looks like. And they become so much more aware. So Bigfoot I've used before as kind of a, let's get out and hike tool. That, that's our goal. We're going to go out and look like a, look for a Bigfoot, look like one, act like one, maybe a little <laughs> bit. What would they eat? Would they eat this? Would they not eat that? You know, so it can be a lot of fun in that way, in that regard too. Well, yeah, I'm listening to this. I'm thinking, right, you're you're teaching these young people to um, heighten their awareness of the outdoors, right? Listen for those sounds, right? Don't just walk past what you see. Observe it. Sure. Okay? That print on the ground looks a little unusual. Let's get a closer look. Might be a bear print, right? Or, you know, some sort of an animal, but, animal, but it's teaching them, you know, take in what's around you. Be alert. And the whole, you know, maybe a little bit of fear there. Well, it might not necessarily certainly be a bad thing. It could prevent an accident or doing something that's risky. Uh, sure. And yeah, and like you said, you know, if you're looking and you might look off into the bush and say, well, there's a Bigfoot staring at me right there. And then you're stopping looking at it. And next thing you know, it might be a bear. And if you weren't, quote, looking for Bigfoot, you might not have seen the bear. So it's it's kind of a fun way, a comical way a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you just never know. There might be that one day. I mean, there's so many people now with body cams that they're wearing just out and about. That, And that's my belief. I think there's going to be some really good footage someday of somebody that never thought about a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch. And they're just out enjoying what they've always done. And boom, something's going to be a close encounter. It's going to be nice and clear. And it's going to be pretty, pretty uh pretty fruitful i think and you know you know at the same time i've always said you know gosh what if it's this thing is discovered and is that a good thing you know it's kind of like the proverbial 
dog chasing the fire truck. I mean, what's the dog going to do when it gets the fire truck? Mm-hmm. And you got to be careful a little bit with that. Careful what you wish for, I suppose. But I'm glad there's people out there. I mean, my gosh, there was just a sighting, you know, just last month in Kansas of all places. Who would have thought there would be, you know, sightings in, in Kansas? But just about every state except for Hawaii, there's been, you know, reports and they come out quite often. Some reports are from, you know, maybe the actual incident was a decade ago, but they still come out and, you know, the BFRO does a pretty good job of accepting those and they take it serious. You know, Matt Moneymaker started that. And I think, I think he's, he's serious, obviously, about it. And, you know, he had his sighting in Ohio that really, I mean, he dedicated his life to this. And I really respect that. And I can see how that would have, ha- how that can happen. You know, with my experience, if, if I would have seen something, because it was four o'clock in the afternoon, and if I would have seen what would have been a Bigfoot standing there 100 yards away, oh, there's no question about it. It would have, I mean, I kind of went in that direction because of just what I went through. But had I had an actual, you know, class A face-to-face kind of a situation, uh, yeah, I'm the type of person I would go all in on this. I would have to. I would have to. Mm. And But I certainly had enough personal stuff with that particular time that I, uh, you know, it, it really makes me pay attention. I think about it every day, I guess we'll, we'll put it like that. And, uh, it's a lot of fun too, but you kind of got to take a lot of things with a grain of salt and just, and, and kind of just go from there and make your own opinions. But I've always said there's no ex- expert until we get that one, you know, absolute hundred percent proof positive science, scientific body. And I hate it because I'm not the person that you know, gets behind going out and shooting one with a gun by any means. In fact, in Washington, they actually passed a law that says you can't. It's illegal. Mm-hmm. I don't think that will stop anybody, but but uh, <laughs> it's interesting, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. I mean, look at it in terms of what you see in mainstream media. You know, there's advertisements. People use it. There's obviously tons of movies made around the subject, and uh, all these bring, you know, light to it. But I think there's going to be one crazy accident. Will it be in my lifetime? I don't know. That's going to be some really clear footage. Or, yep, maybe someone's going to come across one that had, had died. And uh, who knows? So, But one thing that's super fun, too, is everybody, because of all these, where's the body? Where is it at? We've got drone technology. We've got infrared. We've got all these technologies. And we can pretty much find Every other animal on the earth, we think we found them all. Well, new species are being discovered quite frequently. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's so fun to watch people come up with theories and thoughts. And that's what keeps it going. That's what keeps it fun for me because there's always, you know, and I like the strange too. I like the weird. I like the crazy thoughts. I mean, with the UFOs, you know, they're dropping them on the earth to wander around. They zoom back up and then they're gone. That's why we never see them. And I love hearing all that. But a lot of it, you know, I brush to the side and say, all right, well, I'll always listen to anybody. That's for darn sure. And, uh, but there's a lot of theories that I really can get a hold of that I believe in. I mean, there's the Gigantopithecus blackie theory, which was basically an old extinct ape that fits the size and, and dimensions of what people are describing today that somehow you know, eluded everyone and was able to stay alive and then, you know, kind of repopulate. There's that theory. I do like that. And I mean, there's an actual fossil record of that and not a lot of it, but there are. And, uh, 
there's there's so many fun new theories that people are constantly coming up with. So that's what I enjoy, and uh, it's it's uh, it's always entertaining. And imagine if if there is a hundred percent conclusive evidence that this does exist. I mean, I don't know what the world will look like the next day, but it's certainly not going to look like like it was the day before. Right. This isn't like finding a new species of a rodent that right. like in, in sa- somewhere in a jungle in, in South America. It's something that people have been talking about for decades. And I've always just kind of felt, you know, what lends credibility to this is the fact that we are continuing to find new species. And, uh, you know, we we know we haven't found them all. So, how, you know, this is pretty big. This isn't a little, you know, rodent that can hide and stay away from people. This is pretty big. But it might also be elusive enough where we just and, and and there may be so few of them that we just haven't found that we haven't seen one that have that conclusive evidence that it exists. Right. And you know, who knows? Maybe maybe one day it will, and it'll probably be in the most unlikely of places by the most unlikely of people, you know, someone that isn't out there actually looking for it. I mean, that's how most things are discovered. And, you know, accidents. And uh I I always what I always refer to as looking for the happy accident one day, and, and uh, but my lord, it, it's gonna absolutely it's gonna change laws overnight. It's gonna change how lands are handled, managed, where money's spent. Like I said, it's gonna it, it's gonna change gas prices, and uh, I don't know if I'll ever get to see it, but it's sure, it's sure fun sticking around and thinking about it while while I'm here anyway. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, anybody can get involved. That's what's better even too. There is no degree in Bigfoot. And, uh, it just, it doesn't exist yet, but there's cryptozoology, you know, that's a, that's a relatively new term that's people have come up with trying to, in my opinion, just sound a little more professional and be accepted by scientists. I mean, there are PhD scientists out there now that are kind of coming forward a little bit more and willing to accept that possibility. And, uh, you know, certainly are, are able and willing now to a little bit more, you know, look at evidence that people are coming in I'm like, gosh, the. The DNA testing. I'm especially interested now in the environmental DNA that they can do. And I think that could lead to something, you know, that's where, I mean, they can take a cup of water out of a river and run it through their analysis and come up and let you know, yep, there's been a mountain lion in here. There's been a black bear. There's this species of fish. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the technology is creeping up there and is it enough? Who knows? Maybe one day it will be. Yeah, so I kind of I kind of picture it like this: is then is that um you're gonna have a couple of teenagers hanging out in the woods and doing a selfie, and Bigfoot's gonna go walking by in the background <laughs> and yeah, selfie bomb, right? It, it could be, yeah. and you know, and there's people that have hoaxed that certainly that exact scenario where they're you know, oh, let's make it look like it was a big old accident and will be believable. Well, the problem with some of your clear footage is. You know, there's people that can analyze that and, and, mm. and sort it out. And there's people that can look at the way people are reacting, the way things are, are set up. And so much of that is hoaxed. Uh, so I'm hoping one day one won't be. And uh, you never know. But I, I do believe some of the video I've seen out there. Am I a video and that, uh, what's the word, analyst as an expert? No. Like I said, I go with my instinct. And when my, you know, baloney bull meat meter is triggering i pay attention to it so um but yeah who knows it's it's going to be a happy accident one day might be a hundred years but i'll bet you it's coming well you know you're talking about how much it could change things just 
I'm sitting here thinking, well, what if they tomorrow have a confirmed sighting in Glacier National Park? What happens to Glacier National Park and the regulations at that moment? When they say, we've confirmed there's a Bigfoot there. Yeah, I mean, I think, you, <laughs> yes. I mean, what would happen? I don't even, you know, some people say the government knows about these and, and uh, you know, are watching and, and paying attention and just aren't saying anything. But, yeah, what if? I mean, what if? I mean, there's there's stories out there where people have had it, and, yeah, the men in black came and got it and and told them what for, and you're, this is how your life's going to go from now on, and that's it. So who knows? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, imagine if the government did come out and just say, hey, listen, yep, you know, Joe Schmo found one, and here it is, and here's the pictures, and it's confirmed, and we found it, yeah, at Glacier National Park. I mean, if he <laughs> – what would what would that place look like in twenty four hours? It'd be a it'd be a zoo. It'd be swarmed with people, right? It would be literally an open zoo. Mm-hmm. But then the <laughs> government officials would have to then say, okay, well, you know, we confirmed it, so now we really need to study this area. All right? You yeah. would think they'd have to isolate it and say, okay, let's study this and do what we can to protect this species and see if there's evidence of other members of the species in the same area, and yeah. go from there. It's it's a uh, it would be it would be crazy. And so, yeah, there's the the good and the bad, like I mentioned earlier with it, but it's still such a fun subject. And, and, uh, you know, there is a part of me that, that hopes it never does happen. And because I, I like the chase, I guess, if you will, and I respect the chase. So it gets people outside and that's what's more exciting than anything. Yeah, right. Cause there's that part of it. Okay. We found it. Now what? <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I just want my own personal sighting. Like I said, my experience was this grunt that was I was being dealt with, and it was four o'clock in the afternoon, pretty far back in Montana, and and, and the whole thing lasted half an hour. And I mean, it was this noise I was hearing was, you know, moving from you know if I'm I from behind my tent, you know, at the three o'clock to the nine o'clock position, just every few minutes, and I could hear yep the the. Trees breaking, the twigs snapping, the you know, the the ground being moved, and and it wasn't uh, anything on four legs. I mean, I've been in situations like that with with one elk. I've been in a situation with a herd of elk, a moose, and I mean, it was it was boom, boom, boom. Not you know, not a gallop, any kind of a galloping kind of a hoofed animal sound, and it it really it it shook me up. But not just because I didn't see, I said, where is this moose? This is the most elusive moose I've ever seen in my life. Cause I could, I knew it was close. It was within a hundred yards of me, no doubt about it, whatever it was. And I got more shook up inside weeks, months later, because I started thinking, my Lord, was I right there? And I just didn't pay attention enough to see what I could have seen. And and I didn't. And like I said, I'd love to go back to that moment with myself and, and, and revisit it. But, you know, I can't. So I keep going. Mm-hmm. And so it gets me out more. Right. And, yeah, and people should know, you've spent – you've been in Montana your whole life, Dan? Or I, I have, yeah. 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 So you – I mean, when you've spent that much time in one area, you know the difference. You know, pretty much can tell the difference between different animals. If it's a bear, a moose, or, or a deer just making its way through the woods. All right. So yeah. for you, so you're not like somebody that's your first time in Montana. Maybe what you're hearing is a bear or a moose for the first time. You spent enough, you spend enough time out there. You, you know, the different sounds that to expect yeah. when you're out there. And 
I have. And, you know, it's, it's not a, a bragging point. It's just an experience point. And, you know, on this particular trip, it was, I've been to this spot cause it's such a hot spot for fishing. And so we, me and this buddy of mine were going to this, this, this lake, it's granite lake up in the Beartooth. If anybody wants to know, make the trip, it's well worth it. Uh, and, uh, we've been going to this lake quite a bit cause the fishing is just phenomenal. And, uh, we got there, like I said, about four o'clock in the afternoon and I started setting up camp. We were going to stay three or four nights. And my buddy said, I need to catch a fish. That's just, he just grabbed his fly rod, put it together and ran down to the lake. So he was half a mile away from me when all this happened, of course. Right. And, uh, so all this took place when, when he got back, I, you know, I wasn't, you know, oh my gosh, there's something crazy. I just said, Hey, there's a moose over here. Just so you know, I haven't seen it yet. And that's how I was with him. And he said, oh, okay, I'll just, you know, keep my eyes peeled. And, and that was it. That was pretty much the whole thing. And then I started thinking about the whole trip about the whole trip, you know, even later on. And it was real interesting because so many people talk about these smells that they have that they, that they get when they've all of a sudden ultimately have come across a Sasquatch, these stinky smells, the skunk gate from Florida, all that kind of thing. And I remembered, I recalled, but it wasn't until after we had got back when we got to that lake, there was a spot where we always got to this lake and uh, we usually camp right there because the fishing was so good that it has all these neat little inlets. And just as we were getting to the lake, we, we smelled something just horrible. And we both, it stopped us both just dead in our tracks. And I thought, oh my God, there's, I immediately went to, there's a dead elk right here. Cause it was just like walking into a wall. If you could see the smell, there was a distinct line. And all of a sudden we were into this smell and it was just a, you know, a rotten corpse elk kind of a smell. And I've smelled that before, but it was really bad. And I just said, oh, there's a dead elk nearby. And it is grizzly country. And I thought, oh, my Lord, we've got to get out of here. We've come across. I didn't see this elk. And I was looking around or deer or whatever it might have been. But it was something big because the odor was was tremendous. And uh, so we said, yeah, well, shoot, we can't stay here. There's a grizzly bear going to come back to this area and eat whatever's making this stench. And so we hiked about a half a mile away. Um, I guess it would have been to the west. And, uh, that's where we set up camp and that's where this incident then happened and with me, but yeah, I didn't recall that right away. And gosh, was that, you know, just a big foot in the area and that's what I was smelling. But to me, it smelled like a, like a, like a, you know, a, a killed animal that had been dead for a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's a highly, highly, uh, <laughs> uh, area full of grizzlies. So we, yeah, we moved out of there pretty quick, but <laughs> But, uh, you know, little things that I keep recalling as I think about it more come back to me. And uh, so who knows? And I haven't been back to that lake in a while, but I'm dying to go back to the exact same spot and kind of look around a little more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned there's been Bigfoot sightings in every state except Hawaii. I live in New York now, and just the next town over, uh, which is about seven or eight years ago, I was I had been doing geocaching with my kids when they were younger. And I was looking up a geocache and it was like I said, it was in the next town over. And they said a little note was in 1991, there had been a Bigfoot sighting there yeah, and had a link. And I can't remember what the website was, but it took you to a a website that links state by state, different dates where there were these sightings, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Somebody had actually put a database together. Yeah. The BFR, the, yeah, the Bigfoot field researchers 
uh, organization does just that. And that might have been what you're talking about. Right. And that's what I wanted to ask you, if you could tell us a little bit about the BFRO. Yeah, Matt Moneymaker started that. And, uh, you know, he's dedicated his life to this. And so, yeah, you can just go to, you know, their website at just BFRO.net. And you can go and look at recent reports. It's a pretty, in, it's a very in-depth website. And, you know, they have, you know, members of the organization all over the country that accept reports. If somebody sees something, they'll call them up and say, hey, listen, and they'll send somebody out and, you know, talk to them and get the report, write down the details, and they'll post it on their website. And it's, I mean, you could sit here for weeks reading through everything that's on here. It's huge. And, uh, but they take it very seriously. Not everybody can just come and be a member of it. You have to kind of prove yourself a little bit. You have to go out with somebody that's kind of sponsoring you. So I, I respect the fact that they are doing it in a serious fashion because there's so many people that aren't. And, uh, so I really respect that, that what Matt has started and, uh, he get he catches a lot of baloney and a lot of hard time from a lot of people too, but boy, he does, he's not deterred. He just, this is true and I'm going to prove it someday. And I really respect that. So you can really read. Yeah, you can go down there into your state, your county, and see what's been going on. And that's just what's reported. Who knows what isn't ever reported? And those might be the most interesting ones, the things that people haven't actually come forward with. So, yeah, the BFR is a good place to start if you're interested in getting into the subject a little more. Yeah, I think it would be interesting for people that are just out there um, looking for – seeking – some adventure possibly. I mean, cause there are, I mean, I, for me, the geocaching was kind of cool with my kids cause it was like a treasure hunt type of thing. And, um, and, and now with my friends that I, I hike with, you know, sometimes we'll go out and look for unusual things like this, like last weekend we found a, a site where there had been, where there was a plane crash in 1981 and the fuselage was still there. Uh, yeah. So, you know, different things bring people, people out and, uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to the BFRO because they're keeping this interest alive. I think something that generates this much interest and attention, you can't just say, nah, it's a bunch of crap. Yeah, there's there's just too much, I mean, out there. And like, a, I don't know, how do you put a number on, you know, if you had 100 sightings, how many of them are probably legit? Maybe two. I don't know. Who knows? Any, nobody really knows. Uh, so, yeah, you got to make the decisions for yourself, but. The trick is to, is to get out there, you know, and I'm not talking about anything that's brand new or groundbreaking here when it comes to Bigfoot. I'm just kind of reporting a little bit on, you know, where, where I got started. And uh, But there's things I'm, I'm real interested in drilling down on. And Cliff Barrickman, uh, you know, he was a member of the Finding Bigfoot team with Matt on, on their show, you know. And, I mean, he, he's never really had a sighting sighting. But he believes, you know, in Bigfoot. But I really like his approach. He handles it with humor. He handles it with such grace when, you know, people are not necessarily nice to him. He's he's just he's just an all around great guy. And and but he's he's really wanting to know the science more. And so he's pushing that. And you know, he has his podcast with Bobo, and it's a great great way to get involved too and listen to those guys. And but uh, but Cliff is Cliff really got a good head on his shoulders. He's not flying off the deep end. And, uh, you know, he knows a lot, he's read everything and, you know, and, but he's so humble. It, it, it keeps me interested and keeps me motivated. And, uh, so I really respect him a whole bunch too. Now, are there people out there that are actively seeking Bigfoot or, I mean, you know, there's, 
like, you know, you, you're out in the woods and, you know, you'd love to come, you know, your, your thing, I'd like to see one, but are there people out there that are saying, okay, this weekend we're, we're going over to this area because we, there was a Bigfoot sighting within the past year, or we think there may be some evidence of Bigfoot. There's people out there right now. I promise you, there are teams, that's all they do. And, you know, they're being funded by somebody or they have, you know, most people are actually, you know, working and on the weekend when they get time, they're out there. That's all they do. I mean, and they get into it so deeply that that's it. That is their life. And it takes a lot of dedication. I mean, they're putting every extra penny they have into it, you know, whether it's buying new equipment or getting permits to go somewhere or driving somewhere and just spending time. And what's fun is everybody's trying all these different techniques to attract one in to get, you know, pictures. Some people actually want to shoot it. I don't. And uh, so everybody has these different approaches. But, yeah, there are hundreds, probably thousands of dedicated teams out there, whether it's just one guy or a couple guys or a whole team. And that's all they do. And uh, hoping that they're going to, you know, be the person that discovers this, you know, 100 percent. And, but a lot of those people are, are glory hunters too. Mm-hmm. They, they want to find it for, well, it'll make me rich. Probably will. Yeah. And, you know, but that's the reason why they're doing it. And there's some people that say, I don't want a penny out of it. I just want to know for myself. And so, you know, it, it, just like anything, there's all kinds of people in all kinds of walks of life with different approaches, but yeah, there's people out there right now doing this and, uh, who knows what, what'll turn up, but you know, there's always the blurry photo. Why is it always blurry? Who knows? Why can't anybody with today's technology get any kind of clear pictures? And so you got to ask yourself those questions, you know, when you're seeing these things uh, that people are producing on the news and whatnot. And yeah, I question most of it. I don't know what the number is. I would say 98% of all of it out there is just a bunch of hooey. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Yeah. yeah. And it's for these people that are out there trying to get their 15 minutes of fame or think it's going to be the way to get wealthy. I don't know. It's just my personality. I just kind of hope it's somebody that's kind of meandering through the woods and takes out their cell phone and snaps a picture and it can go back and say, yeah, here's the place on the map where I saw it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and that, that would be the starting point, right? If somebody could get a picture that could be confirmed and then you're able to say, okay, here's the spot where we confirmed we, we saw a Bigfoot. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, yeah, it's going to take DNA. That's all there is to it. Even if the pictures, you know, if you had this, a Sasquatch sitting on a stump smiling, like it's his class photo, it's still going to take DNA. And that's the unfortunate part about it. But one thing that, you know, I, when we talked last time, I was telling you, I had a chance to go through Yellowstone and I had mentioned I had seen a wolf and it was out there quite a ways, you know, a wolf isn't, I mean, they're big, (laughs) But when they're out there, you know, compared to a bear, I mean, it's a whole different, you know, perspective. But there was this one lone wolf and we stopped and we got out. and Or actually, I think it was just from the car. He was probably, oh, I don't know, 100, 200 yards from the road uh, just by itself. And we snapped the picture of it. And it's hard to see this wolf in this picture, but it's there. But what's, you know, because I know, I know it's there. So I'm looking for it. And so I'm looking at this picture. And of course, I take my phone right away and zoom in. And of course, it starts pixelating like crazy. And it was so funny. I'm going to put this on my website, the comparison of the photo without being zoomed in and then one with it being zoomed in on this, which is a wolf. And when it starts pixelating, you can look at that zoomed in, blurry now again photo. And I can I can see where someone would say, that's a Bigfoot in that picture when I know dang well it's a wolf. 
Mm-hmm. And because your eyes kind of start looking for that shape, you know, just like you see faces in clouds, our brains are, are trained to, to look for that. And, but I, I zoomed in on that and I go, Oh my God, look at this. <laughs> this looks like it could be a Bigfoot, but it's a, it's a wolf, you know, just the way he happens to be standing because it's pixelated and blurry. So mm-hmm. who knows, but, uh, keep taking pictures. One of them's going to, one of them might be just the one you need. Yeah. As far as the blurred pictures go, that's sometimes, you know, Wildlife pictures are difficult, right? I mean, uh, especially for the amateur. I know we had a uh, an albino deer that was feeding in one of the uh, in an area where the uh, we have a volunteer group that plants different crops uh, along the road I live on, and there was an albino deer last fall that kept going there. And one day I happened to stop and took a picture of it. And when I got home and looked, I said, oh, "It just looks all grainy. It just looks like a, a little white something out in the." out in the field there uh, mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's finding it's, that right picture isn't that isn't that easy <laughs> isn't it's really so easy you know, i mean yeah that's why these photographers i mean you know they get together and they share their good pictures they snap twenty thousand before they get a good one yeah. and uh so who knows you know i mean there's so many theories behind that with bigfoot that you know batteries going dead when they're around even with the whole paranormal and ghost that kind of thing they say they can suck the energy out of batteries and your camera goes wrong at the exact moment when you're about to capture this and so who knows one thing that i'm really interested about or learning much more about is infrasound and you know it's been known that i mean a tiger can produce these sounds that you can't hear that they can send out as a physical wavelength and physically you know, can stun their prey before they attack it. And I don't know, that's really interesting to me because that's a proven thing that some animals can do. And wow, what if a Bigfoot can do that, but say on a scale a hundred times and screw up cameras or, you know, mess with your head, almost like you're getting the men in black eye treatment. So you're forgetting something who knows, you know, and it's that's a, that's another thing that people are talking about. I, something I'm always looking for more information on is that infrasound. So more to come on that. Yeah, people that grew up in the '70s and the '80s, we we've witnessed in front of us the technology revolution. Right, this whole idea of everything we can learn from DNA, for example. Uh, you know, we've we've developed this technology that we may just be scratching the surface on what we can learn and, and the information that's available to us. Absolutely. And like I mentioned previously that, you know, environmental DNA, I mean, imagine, yeah, taking a cup of water and knowing what animal was 10 miles upstream three hours ago. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. So yeah, there's lots of, lots of new things out there, but you know, this is one heck of a game of hide and seek and I'm glad I'm part of it. Well, Dan, I want you to promise that if you have a Bigfoot sighting, you come back on and we talk about it. I have a uh, someone I interviewed about a month ago that has trail cams in his yard. And I said, you know, you make, you know, you make a deal with me that if you get a picture of a Bigfoot on your trail cam, I want you on, I want exclusive rights to get you on here. And he laughed and, uh, but you know, we, we agreed that'd be pretty cool. Right. He lives in Washington, coincidentally, mm, good of all places. And he says, hey, you know, you never know. He's always looking for that one unusual thing. And he says, that's the most frequent question that he's asked. You've ever, have you ever gotten Bigfoot? And he always responds with not yet. So. I like that. Not yet. You got to stay optimistic about it. Yeah. And I promise you, yes, you'll be the first one I call. Say, well, it happened. Let's yeah. get it together. I got it. Yeah, I got it. So I'm going to go on your podcast and talk about it. Uh, yeah. Well, but you too. That's your deal too. Oh, you absolutely. I will. I will. <laughs> you'll be the first one I go to and uh, oh. 
because that would be some story out in New York. They're just not as common. Do you, before we finish up, this is yeah. something I want to ask. Uh, it seems like the majority of the sightings are in the Northwest. Absolutely. And, you know, that's kind of where everything started, you know, in Northern California, Oregon, Washington. And, uh, you know, it's notorious up there. And, and that's where most sightings are. Uh, no question about it. You know, the habitat makes sense. The population makes sense in terms of how many people are out in that area. So, you know, a lot of people are outdoors up there. They're outdoors people. And so it makes sense. And uh, it's always going to be the hot spot. British Columbia up in Canada is obviously another big spot. But, yeah, they're everywhere. Florida is, is huge. You'd be amazed at how, much, how many reports come out of Florida. And uh, so, yeah, the Pacific Northwest is certainly the holy grail land where Bigfoot lives, especially in everyone's mind. I mean, most people out there, they say, yep, I got them on my property. And so it's always kind of fun to, fun to listen to. But Whitehall, New York's a big one. You should look into that a little bit more. It's yeah. a fun place to study. Yeah, because with me, I just say, I think, okay, well, you know, it's possible these other states, but then when you've got this geological region where there seems to be a whole bunch of them, it just it gives a, just a little bit more credibility to the to the possibility. It does. And, you know, the sheer numbers means that there's something to it, you know, just like with, you know, when people tell jokes or they're joking about something, there's uh, there's some flair of truth behind something. And mm -hmm. uh, that's what's hard is weeding through and finding that. But that's how the journey's the journey is the fun. Yeah. I'm paraphrasing John Steinbeck, but he said that, uh, you know, there's a thread of, thread of truth in all fiction. Exactly. That's that's exactly it. So that's what keeps people alive and keeps me going. So I love it. All right. Well, Dan, uh, you can find your podcast, Bigfoot Backpacker. Uh, you don't just talk about Bigfoot. You talk about a variety of outdoor activities. Why don't you just, before while we're wrapping up here, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, BigfootBackpacker.net is my website. You can learn a little bit more about me there. And I have a contact page. So, yeah, if you've had a sighting or have a topic you want to talk about, whether it's the right pair of socks or a good hiking trail or how to get into kayaking, yeah, reach out to me. And uh, it's always worth a discussion with somebody. And um, so, yeah, I'm producing more and more episodes now that I got everything figured out. It's taken a while. And uh, but, yeah, it's uh, it's a ton of fun. But, yeah, you can find me on all the major podcast catchers now. And uh, I've got a lot of more, lot more canned episodes. I got to just do some editing and put out. And in July, I'm starting what I call my 50 states project. And I put out some feelers and said, all right, tell me what state I should start with. And <clears throat> what the project is, is I'm just uh, picking one state, dedicating the whole month to all things Bigfoot, outdoor, any important conservation issues that might be coming up, some legislation when it comes to outdoors. And just bragging about the state we all live in, the state we live in, and they're all great. So a lot of people reached out to me and said, let's do North Carolina. And it just so happens, uh, they were one of my first real good Bigfoot discussions I had was with a guy from Carolina. And, and wow, Jeff was his name, and he had a fantastic story, and I believe him 100%. But so we're going to start with North Carolina in July. So if you uh, want to nominate your state, we're looking for our next one for August. And they go to... Bigfootbackpacker.net yep, to, to do that? Yep. There's a contact link and you'll be able to get right into my email and we'll, we'll uh, be able to exchange and, and go from there. Well, we'll be sure to put that in the podcast description and on our website at papabearhikes.com. Uh, Dan, as always, it's been great talking to you. Uh, it's always an enjoyable experience. Uh, I look forward to talking to you in the future. 
Uh, and we best of luck to you. Will. You're on the short list, so I certainly appreciate your time. Yeah. All righty. So good luck to you, and we'll talk soon. Be healthy. Be safe. This episode of Pop Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.